Hey everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Cows and Canoes. My name is Brandon, to my right. Kitty Ken. And then to my left. Poppin' Nick. And then across the way for the first time. Evan Hughes, stand-up comedian. All right. In person. In person. We're so we're so excited to have you here. I Aww. stuttered immediately. Thank right. you. Can I, I just say that. for the last three guests, they've introduced themselves with first and last name. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I don't stalkers, know why that is. Stalkers are welcome. Come yeah, on. yeah. Come yeah. <laughs> on. You can find them on Instagram at Evan B Hughes. Hey, well there you go. That's easy. I like that. Thank you. So simple. Yeah. Thank you. So you've been a stand-up comedian now in the Tulsa area. What five years? You said five. Five. You going on six? Let's start with uh, the original piece of that before we get too deep into it. Uh, comedy is one of those things that anybody can make a joke, but to do it for a living takes balls. What is it that made you go? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I want to know about your training. Like, how did you? There's a difference between people saying, "Oh, is I there can... training," or do you just get on stage? I actually no, did can. take a class at the oh, really? Bend, yes. at the at the bin back in the. And Drew Welcher, who we mm-hmm. talked about before yeah. the show started, took the exact same class. She was like a class year or two before me. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so she was kind of like one of the. She was definitely like a big local star. Oh yeah, she was um, pretty awesome. I got to see her before I even started. And um, she's kind of one of the reasons I still do it to this day. That's cool. Do you get to collaborate with other, like, comedians in the area? Or do you reach out? Like, what is the network like with that? Like, well, how do you network with other well, comedians? Well, um, I, uh, for my first several years, I didn't run any of, or organize any of my own shows. But that's something that I started doing. Um, so I, I run a monthly show at the Vanguard downtown. Yeah. And I run a monthly show at Heirloom Rustic Ales, a, a brewery mm-hmm. in the cool. Kendall Whittier neighborhood. And I had started booking. I'd booked three different shows with touring comics at the Renaissance Brewery across across from the Mother Road Market mm-hmm. on Lewis. And I'm also going to do one at Lovemore, which is a new like up-and-coming uh, hookah lounge on Admiral um, that's connected to the TNT Wang's food truck. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So you've got your fingers in a lot of different pots. Yeah, I mean, That's I just cool. took on That's that role, awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I just at some point you're I you're your figured, own manager, right? I had to start doing it, or like you can't sit around and complain, like oh, we don't have shows, and like I need to be running yeah. those shows. Yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> so back to the original question: How did you get into it, though? How did you make? How, you know, obviously you decided like to take the class, but even then, like, how did you make that decision? Like, what was what was the the mindset? Like, I've always made jokes on things, and my sarcasm is great, and I'm just going to try it, or what? Well, I how kinda, did you get there? I kind of fell into it backwards, really. Uh, I'd met a girl at Sound Pony who was wanting to get started in it, and, and that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, stand up comedy. There's stand up comedy in Tulsa. She was like, oh yeah, my sister does it. And so she invited me out to see her sister, Sheila Nafey, perform at the Looney Bin. And um, so we were there, and uh, the guy, Roy Johnson, that runs the comedy class at the Looney Bin, uh, came up to her and was like, hey, are you going to take my class? And she was like, eh. You know, and then when he walked off, I, I was I asked her about it, and I was like, oh, you're not going to do it? And she was like, ah, it's kind of, sorry, it's a, little, it's a little scary. And I was like, oh, what if I did it with you? And then she was like, would you? And then... I didn't really think too much about it. I just kind of... So you were like an emotional support comedian to start with. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I showed up with not a Give single joke written. Okay. I, I showed up with no pen, no pad. And the other the other people, there were people that showed up that had done it before that had a book of jokes that they'd written already ready to go and were walking around confidently. Mm-hmm. And I was like scared shitless. I was by far the worst one in the class up until probably like the week before the show when uh the guy that so at the end of the class there's a like show for the class is that what it is exactly exactly yeah and and um even on the first day um i didn't realize that i was gonna have to do that show (laughs) you know i just thought if you you sign up for a comedy class you're like oh we learn about comedy and talk about carlin and you know you can you can go up or do a set or not but the first day he was like hey everybody needs to pay attention to me because at the end of this thing you know, we're going to do the, the graduation show at the club and it usually sells out. So you want to make sure that you do good. You know, your family and friends will see it. And I was like, what? You know, I was like looking yeah. around for the exit. <laughs> <laughs> thought he was thought he was signing up for a little golf right. course at TCC. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to take a nine week course on how to play golf. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you got to go play the uh, PGA Open. Right. So oh, then uh, what was your first uh, time limit? They give you five minutes uh, or what? Yeah. Five minutes. And they let people go over it. Sure. Sure. It's, 
like that show usually runs long. And I've been back on that show as a guest. I've hosted that show many times over the years. Like oh, they okay. always bring me back. It's like, ah, oh, this guy was one of, you know. He yeah, was, he was here in your shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So That's I was, excellent. I was horrible, though. I didn't want to be there. I just wanted, I wanted to drop out, but I didn't want to, like, fuck up our friendship. Right, right. Um, you can't be an emotional support comedian if you get out of it early. Yeah, but he <laughs> finally, the guy that teaches the class finally, like, called me out. Like, he literally, we took turns going on stage mm-hmm. to kind of work through what we were supposed to be doing, you mm-hmm. know, between classes, like, working on the jokes. And I just went up there and just reading the shit off my phone in monotone, like, giving, like, zero effort. <laughs> And he just got up there and ripped the phone out of my hand. It was like, dude, tell me the fucking joke. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of got, that was the first time I, I pr- performed with like any kind of like little fire just because I was like pissed. I'm going to show you. Yeah. Yeah. And then people started laughing. It was like the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, that's what this is. You just kind of like right. put a little more of yourself into it. And um, then I just ended up having a better set at the graduation show than I should have uh, because of. I think it was circum- circumstantial. Right. Uh, the comedian that went before me, uh, he's a very good friend of mine. He was probably the nicest person to me in the class. Like we went out, um, like had food together and he mm-hmm. talked to me and stuff, but he had a kind of funny issue that, you know, people in the comedy scene kind of tease about it and he makes jokes out of it too. Sure, sure. He basically like went silent for like a minute and a half cause he forgot where he was at. And it was just kind of a like, Apparently, like, his mother-in-law was in the front row or something, and it froze him up, but it was, like, very... And then by the time I got up there, people were just like, okay, like, this guy talks, and I kind of made a little joke about it, and I kind of went off the off mm. the script that I'd written, which yeah. even surprised me at the time and kind of calmed me down. You, you just found that groove. Yeah, and I just ended up, like, they ju- they were just kind of like, yeah, we like this kid, you know? And, um, and so talking to my friend... Uh, that's the sister that I started out with. Yeah, yeah. Um, her her sister was a kind of like I would say like the ambassador of the comedy scene at that time. She was on every show, so she was on the Comedy Parlor, she was on at the Looney Bin, she was on Valley Val, she was everywhere. Everyone knew her, everyone respected her. She was funny, and um, she ran a show at uh, Utopia Bar at the mm-hmm. time. It's Juice Maker now, yeah. and she had asked me if I wanted to perform on that show after having done the Looney Bin show, which I had planned to never do it again. <laughs> never. Like, one and done. Brandon. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I, I went out with laughs. That's all I needed. I'm, right? I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I just, I just, to me, it was like, oh, I jumped out of the plane. I survived. And now I'll be able to tell the story. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I did stand-up comedy one time, but I was like, I'm not going to make it, like, yeah. a thing. But because it was her and the connection, mm. and she had told my friend, uh, the, her sister, that I was her favorite one on the whole show, which it was like, I didn't believe, I was like, no fucking way. I was right. better than like this guy and this guy and this girl. But I was just so flattered. She never even said it to me. I just heard it from her sister. And I was like, because it's her, I'll do the show. It's in a month. Um, but in that month, I wrote a new set that wasn't the set. Mm-hmm. Not the one you already did. Not the one I already did, which was a set that my heart wasn't completely in. Like the class mm-hmm. kind of like, Eh, we all write it together, you know, like they suggest mm. something. You're like, oh, why don't you say this? And you're like, okay, I'll say that. But you're kind of like, uh, mm. you know, right. You like, you know, it's a group class thing. Yeah, it's a class thing. But so I wrote my own, my own five. And then when I showed up to do that show, um, when I first saw her, she was like, hey, Evan, you got to do the, the set from the Looney Bin. Okay, I'm excited to hear it. I was like, no, I actually wrote a new one. And she was like, oh, cool. And like immediately walked away. But it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she wow. told me later, she was like, she was like, dude, I was so fucking scared for you. Cause like, we didn't think you could write. Right. Wow. All you right. And so, um, That's brutal. And the joke that I closed with, which it would still, it's kind of one of my signature jokes. It would still end up in my act sometimes and not yeah. all the time. But, um, I had, the only time I had ever told it before doing it live at Utopia was in a phone call with the girl I started stand up with. I told her a joke over the phone and then there was like a dead silence and then she was just like, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm like, still going to do it, it live. Like I, I believed in it. Yeah. And uh, the first joke I ever did in that set at mm-hmm. Utopia was the most self deprecating joke I'd done so far about my, about my looks. Yeah. And the reaction it got was, I don't know. It's like low ceiling. I mean, the Looney Bin when I performed there for the first time was like two forty-five people were in the room. Yeah, and this crap. show probably had fifty-five, but it's they There's were packed closer. in and they were yeah. all for the show. And it's yeah, whatever it was, it was the loudest laugh I'm pretty sure that I'd heard to that point. 
And it was just, it kind of embarrassed me because it's like one of those things where if you make a really yeah. self-deprecating joke about yourself and your friend laughs too hard, you're yeah. like, oh, really? Like, hey, 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 I was hey, kidding. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 We're joking, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of have a question for you. Since it wasn't really career-minded going into it, what did you find inspired you aside from your friend's sister asking you to do the show what continued it and then where did you get where do you derive a lot of your material from like is there a source is there a comedian that you follow do you watch other guys that kind of thing oh, good questions um actually uh, swear to god uh the name that we talked about earlier yep. drew welcher oh yeah was on that utopia show with me and i had started to go see her a couple times because i started so the class goes, you know, for like a month and a half, two months. Sure. So during that time, I'd kind of gotten interested and I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, there's a local show. Let me go watch it and see what's good. And she can, she just blew me away. I was like a fan. And then even finding out that I'm going to be on the show with her, it's like, damn, I'm on the same flyer right. as this person has been doing it for years that kills it. And I'm, you know, brand new and I never been on a flyer before. So um, after, after that show, after I did the last joke of my set, and just walking through the crowd because there's nowhere else to go. Everybody's like pats on the shoulder, pats on the back, like great fucking job. I go, yeah. I go all the way to the very back of the room. And when I get to the very back, it's Drew Welcher and Jeremiah Walton, like two, okay. of, two of the best comics. <laughs> yeah, I know who it is. Uh, you know who he is? Yeah. Dude, he, I actually ran into him at uh, Giant Subs like last week. We graduated me? high school together. You're oh, kidding me. I got, awesome. I got to watch him do Farley at the senior... Uh, did he, 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 do, did, he did Matt Foley. I was going to say, did he do it? He, he did Matt Foley at Senior Bash on stage in front of our entire graduating class. That's it was, fantastic. It, it killed. Yeah. His, beard, his beard's about this long right now. Yes. yes He's been growing it for four years. I'm jealous. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, just, no, I love no, Walton. I appreciate Walton's, that. Walton's for one of my dudes. For those of you listening, he, uh, Nick is gesturing how low my titties hang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about nip level. <laughs> it's about belly button <laughs> Belly button level. nip, you know, yeah. close right. well, Gravity's had, a bitch. He had one Tulsa's Funniest. I think he was yep. the Tulsa's Funniest comic at the time. Dude. And so when I get back to them, they're just like, dude, I think Jeremiah was like, dude, who are you? And Drew was like, oh, man, that last joke killed it. Who are you? You know, like they both were right. like asking. You're like, now on the scene. And yeah. And in, the, and in my head is someone that didn't have a lot of friends and was like trying to find like, where do I belong? I, I just remember being like in my head. I was like, I will do this forever. Yeah. Wow. Like I, I was cool. like, where? When can I get? I walked up to Sheila and I was like, When's the next show? Like, hell yeah. Are you booking Come me? On, now? <laughs> you know. Right. That so then, epic. were you paid for that second show? I know the first show, the comedy one, where you did the class. I'm sure no, you I didn't, paid for I that didn't show. Get, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> get any payment for that. It really wasn't. I don't think it was until I started doing uh, gigs where I was traveling, or it was like a casino. Or the first time that the Looney Bin made me like a weekend. Okay. Yeah. So you did it for free for a while. Oh, totally. Yeah, because I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta get good and you gotta get your name out there. Sure. I mean, if you try to, if you know, if I'm like, oh, you need to give me twenty five dollars, they'll find someone else to do it. Oh, all you right. Know? I mean, I'm a brand new. Yeah, nobody knew who you were, so why would I pay you? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I'm sure she, you know she got something for the show at organizing it and bringing people, but that was right. like that's the level that she's at. She may have paid the headline or something, mm -hmm. but that's even kind of how I do it now. I mean, if you're starting out, I'll give you an unpaid five minutes in front of you know right. 150 people. Maybe I'm giving you a shot with experience. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and we all hope that someday, like I remember, you know, like my friend Casey. You know, I remember talking to her about her wanting to do comedy, blah blah. blah. And then her first like weekend gig out of town, her first paid gig, you know, like a year later or whatever. And it's like, damn, dude, you like you worked for that. And yeah. now here it is. See, I, I couldn't do it for free. I'd be like, you guys are buying me a beer at least. Right? <laughs> oh, you get like, free drinks. And stuff. Oh, okay. I, I should have yeah, said well, that. Well, then fuck it. I'm on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, okay, now that like totally changes. Now I'm going to do this. <laughs> you, you get a $20 bar tab. There you go, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Like, fuck it. Let's do this. <laughs> What's your well liquor? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. Man, that's good. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. You, I think I left one. one of your other yeah, where, where you get answered. your, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, when okay, so when I started out, um, my first ten minutes that I wrote myself was kind of like single guy, guy that doesn't get the girl, kind of like uh, okay. I had this friend zone joke that was really popular, and then after a while, like I even had a friend tell me they were like, you know, like. What what are you gonna do? Like you're not gonna do like an hour of that, are you? Like are yeah. you gonna talk about anything else? And then so 
you know, I wanted to. A lot of my comedy is like weird, and, and, and legitimately, like I want my set to be, like. I mean, so many comics, you, you know, it's kind of the same old, like, you know, blowjob jokes and the wife, the kids. And it's sure. like, I want to try to come up with stuff that people aren't, nobody else on the show is going to be talking about. So I, I think my comedy now is a lot harder. It's, I mean, you could say it's just alternative comedy, but it's not, it's not basic and I don't want it to be basic, sure. but it's, I don't talk about sex the whole time or dating or, you know, it's like. Hey, why is this guy? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm actually trying to think of one of my bits that I could use as a fucking example, but I haven't even done comedy in so long. I forgot my old right, set list. With this whole so COVID thing? I'm literally going to pull up a set and see what no, I was you're talking good. about so, recently. While, while you're looking at that, let's talk a, a little bit more about uh, you know the transition from free comic to paid comic. Like, you, you booked yourself out of town. You decided, okay, I'm going to try to really get paid for this now and actually try to do it. What's an intro comic actually going to get paid whenever you, you have your first like couple paid, show, paid shows? What is that actually looking like? Yeah, like for a comic who's coming up and they want to you know, book their first gig, what would they ask for? It, it really depends on the... It's going to depend on the venue. I mean, a casino could give you $500 okay. and a, a club could give you $150. But I mean, That's you're... still not bad. Yeah. Is that... Is there any correlation to the amount of guests that are present versus, you know, like... Versus how long the set list is? Yes. T typically not. Typically, it's, it's just um, they're just going to pay you a flat amount, like, regardless. Okay, right. cool. Regardless um, of how many people show up, probably, too. Yeah. Well, I looked at... I kind of looked at my set... One of my set lists in the moment, but, I mean, I have a, I have a joke about alligators and a joke about beans. And right, I mean, so it's I'm going to ask the alligator <laughs> joke just out of curiosity. What is the alligator That's joke? That's his bread and butter. I, I don't know. know if he wants to share <laughs> Listen, it on man. here. Well, let me see if I remember it. I haven't I haven't done comedy There's in There's probably so, less people I was listening to say, this podcast <laughs> than there were in his first show. I was yeah. going to say, I was going to offer him like $5 for okay. one joke for like five minutes okay. or something. Okay, so, so the bit is basically like, so, so I was online and I saw uh, that in Florida, it's not a good idea to get a pet door because gators can actually come through it mm -hmm. and get into your house. And I was like, big deal. In Oklahoma, your family can come over. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's yeah. The, yeah, but that's the... Pretend it's done better and yeah, on yeah, yeah. stage. And yeah. That's kind of a sample of kind of what I, what Heard I do. Heard that. Heard that. Yeah. So um, you start getting paid, you know, and, and you started uh, booking yourself pretty heavily. How many shows a week were you doing at your prime before this COVID thing? What was your actual, like... Would you say it was like three or four shows a night, or you're like seven nights a week hitting it? You know, um, it used to be I was I was more of that during the era when I was doing like every kind of small show and doing like Tuesday and Wednesday shows and Thursday shows. I, really, like weekend is like your bread and butter. For sure. I mean, you're probably gonna go up probably just like once or twice during the week, probably like in, in Tulsa at least. I mean, it would be different in L.A. or Chicago. But during the week, I'd do, like, two shows. And then the weekend, it'd be nice to go up more than once in a night, which is what you do at, at like, yeah. the Looney Bin. You do the yeah, early show and, and the nine. late show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, But usually it would be, like, just weekend comedy. I mean, I was doing all the shows I talked about. Like, Vanguard was a weekend. Heirloom was sometimes the next weekend or the same weekend. Like, it'd be Friday Vanguard, Saturday Heirloom. But I, I'd pretty much, like, if I was talking to a venue – other than like Renaissance, which I was going to do some mm -hmm. weekday shows, um, I would be like, "What? What? You're going to give me a Friday, or you're going to give me a Saturday?" Uh, right. To like do this it. is this is what I'm going to expect to be able to be here. Yeah, but okay. but the the Renaissance shows were cool because I'd started to get hit up by a lot of touring comics that are just touring the country. Okay. And so you know, their Friday or Saturday will probably be in a different market, but they're like, "Hey, I'm traveling through on like I a need Tuesday." An yeah, and it. Or they just want to go up somewhere in Tulsa, and they want to know like who can book them somewhere and put on a good show, and um, kind of like networking yeah, because yeah. they happen to be in the area that day because they're heading somewhere else for the weekend. Right. Yeah. yeah and and uh, people have just gotten the word out that like yeah, th mm -hmm. this guy will take care of you. This guy will get you paid. This guy will be a good show. And so I started to get known as um, someone to reach out to if you're if you're coming through Tulsa, and I'd gotten like multiple touring comics messages like around this time because I'd put on some but it wasn't like a super regular thing yeah you know like I was largely putting up people from the region like I'd put up someone in Arkansas but I'm like oh dude I have this 
guy from the Bay Area coming in. He's got a bunch of great like late night credits, and he just found me and added me to send me yeah, this message saying he needed the stage time. And he heard I was the guy. So who's the uh, biggest act? Do you think you've worked with? Um, I uh, Creed Bratton from The Office. I opened for him a couple different times. Okay, on different years. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's probably the biggest name probably. But I've worked with a ton of comics that have like late night credits like it's been on conan eight times and all that okay so yeah and some people that have some other uh sarah schaefer who she had a podcast with nikki glazier for years so she's like super Mm -hmm. connected um i opened for her um i don't know just um that's the funny thing about the comedy world is that it's like you're either like seinfeld or kevin hart or you know there's other ones that that people know theo vaughn blah blah but then there's this huge (laughs) in between where it's, it's like, like you're not going to know who I'm talking like about trash. <laughs> I know I love it dude Theo Vaughn's like the most Oklahoma, yes, Oklahoma I know comic. I'm like I would I would go down on him probably by a dumpster <laughs> <laughs> and then not tell anybody about it but I would liar I know him you would tell everybody <laughs> I probably it. would yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many dope comics that like you you won't know but if you saw them on stage you'd be like holy shit like mm. the only thing separating them is probably like they don't have the biggest agent and they're not in the right market or whatever. Sure. You know, something is like there, that. Are there many agents in Tulsa or in Oklahoma for You really, I mean, you really, or? you really, really got to move probably. I mean, probably. Yeah. You know, mo- most all of them do. Like all the, the comics that you can name from here, like, oh, Stephen Castillo was a comic here and he writes for SNL now. Well, I think moved- Larry the Cable Guy is from Tulsa, right? Is he? Yeah, that might be yeah. right. But they moved to he moved to Chicago first. Right. You gotta like yeah, you yeah. gotta do the do the Rodney jump. Carrington. I mean, there there, yep. there, there, yeah. there are some hometown boys, but yeah, oh. most of them most of them had to move oh. east or west. Mm. Yeah, that big or north or God, south I'm or really like, anywhere. I'm blanking on the name of him. That one guy. Yeah, he was the on Saturday guy. Night Live. Oh, oh yeah. the the actor. Oh, oh you're yes. talking um, Hater. Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Hater. Or Bill Hater. Sorry, Bill Hater. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's, he's also. I've had drinks with his dad before. Yeah, he's always at the uh, was it the cellar dweller that he mm-hmm. hangs out mm-hmm. at. Yeah, he yeah. used to work or Drake's. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on, um, so let's talk about uh, you know I, I was thinking about this earlier about you know stylistically uh, of comedy nowadays. Like you you were talking about it for a second earlier. You know, raunchy comedy is still kind of a go to for a huge amount of people out there. Um, have you seen like what are the trends that are actually in the uh, business? Do you see like the the dick jokes drop off for a little while, or are those just always constantly high jokes, or what do you see trends that actually happen? I think it really depends on like the market you're in. I mean, okay. there, there's a one of my uh, friends here. There's a comic, uh, Vanessa Dawn, who moved to Seattle. She was like, "Dude, I had to cut out some of these jokes because they're not flying out here. Like some of the, it's more PC out there. Mm. So she she couldn't do certain stuff that she was doing out here. She had to change up her set. So I'd imagine like if you went to a comedy club in LA, you know, there might be even more po- political jokes and stuff sure. like that. I mean, if you if you go to a show at the Looney Bin. You know, you're going to hear, you know, it's Oklahoma, you know, you, you're going to, you could probably guess the comedy that you're, you're going to hear more dick jokes and right. stuff. It's more, if you're in kind of a, lo- a low hanging fruit market, you're going to get low Is that a dick joke? You know, so I think, and, and you can kind of tell, I mean, you can walk into a room and kind of assess the venue, the crowd, and be like, okay, this is my set tonight, you know? And then yeah. you walk into another one, you're like, my most highbrow stuff goes in this room. Okay. So you can flip it up on the fly pretty easy. If you have if you have the material written, that's what... I was talking about that with someone the other... A different uh, podcast that I did the other day. Um, and he was talking about... Uh, well, when I was new, if you booked me somewhere, it's like, I've got 10 minutes, you're getting my 10 minutes. I, I can't do anything else for you, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, it's like, you don't... That's what bu- I tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no new material. <laughs> That's it. I got ten minutes. You get nothing else. You get the same jokes. <laughs> you know the punchlines. <laughs> you, you know you can't book the Rolling Stones and be like, "Oh, we need your jazz set tonight." Right, you know, you're right. gonna get there. But at the at the point I'm at, I'm at now, and just not even on purpose, but I've just written like I have some dick jokes and I have some other stuff so i can i can choose based on just having the abundance of mm-hmm. you know a catalog now well and i think if i was to ever do anything like that 
just being who I am, it would be important to me to read the room. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, you know, just kind of get that feel, you know, kind of throw that joke out there. If they laugh real hard, then we're going to go that way. If they just kind of give so, me the eyebrow, then I'm going hard right, you know, something What kind like of that. joke do you tell with a room that has at least 10 mullets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Um... Nothing, they are the joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're counting teeth. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, cer- certain stuff will just work Tiger in King any room. Jokes. But it is art, so sometimes you want to, like, you know, you don't want to do the same old stuff just because it works. You want to try something new even if it doesn't work. But at the same time, laughs are, like, currency, and every comic wants the most they can get. Sure. You know, so it's tempting to just want to be, like, a crowd, the biggest crowd pleaser you can be in every situation, even if artistically you're like, I'm too good for that joke now. (laughs) (laughs) You know? How do you, as a comedian, like, how do you recall those jokes and say okay this is the reaction that i that i wanted to get out of people like how do you take that information going forward and like incorporate that into new material or you know like how do you how do you do that (laughs) that's a good question you know i feel what you're saying it's um i i think it's just kind of like a feel like you kind of feel if something hit or not and there or if something needs to be needs to be fixed up like how do you gauge it though i mean are you ever just like oh well it was just that crowd like i just had an off night you know the same way that somebody would be like well i got a shit table and they didn't hit me right like do you ever have those nights where you're like i really need to work on this or is it ever just like mm, oh okay so so, so you're saying that, like it might be good but the room just didn't get it yeah like how do like you that? how do you gauge that yourself as a comedian yeah i think i think cricket, I, I think cricket. even like the, the cricket, cricket. <laughs> that's how i felt asking that question like, well that's I'm how you knew <laughs> that that's how you know right there <laughs> well i think the you know even the you know the pros you know they say you know do it do it a couple times don't just immediately give up on it i mean pretty much everyone kind of goes by that i mean unless unless you're really like kind of like fuck it too like if you if you kind of didn't like it either and then the crowd didn't like it the first time and you just want to throw it it depends on what, how much work you put into it too i mean sometimes you like really crafted something and you were 100 percent sure about it and the crowd wasn't feeling it you're not going to be as quick to throw it away you're like oh no i i'm definitely going to try it again i put too much into this and i really think this one has potential you know, or you could just, or you could just here. be like, I, I mean, usually I'm gonna pocket that <laughs> and bring it out at the right opportunity. <laughs> usually you're just going to be like, I fucking knew it. Like when it doesn't go over, <laughs> you're like, God damn it. You know, like you kind of, you know, I think you just get a better feel for it as time goes on. Cause in the beginning, I didn't know what the fuck really people would like other than like, I was like, I, I think I like this, you know, but now I've kind of like, even as I'm crafting it, I'm like, I think this, like, when I say this, I know that's going to go over, you know. Do you dedicate time, like, during your day or throughout your week where you're like, okay, this is my writing time. This is my, like, I'm going to be funny right now. Yeah, yeah. And I and I make I make notes in my phone all the time. Like, the way the way you say something randomly and, like, people people laugh and you're just talking about, like, your day or your dress or whatever, whatever it is, I have to stop and, like, take a note of that. You know, like where, where you're just so like letting it all go. You just like you observe all like interactions around you. You you're like it's not just personable to me. It's like if somebody else is handling the narrative, I'm gonna watch them and see what they're doing. Yes, but I try to not like. I won't like like if you said something funny, I'm not gonna like take it as like steal you know. Right. Yeah, I don't steal. Yeah. It, but but observationally, yes. So, like, if you're witnessing something funny, a situation at a grocery store, something like that, kids throwing a tantrum, yada, 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 you could write about that. Yeah, and one, one good trick is to find someone that you text all the time. Like, I'm always, I text my partner, you know, if I'm, like, at a store and it's taking forever and I have, like, a weird, you know, whatever, I text her. And if she LOLs it back, a lot of times I'll go back and look at that. And I can, I, I actually use that. <laughs> I can go and screenshot every time she laughed at a, a text I sent and like kind of look at it as I was like, there's, is there something here? Cause she won't just like automatically send me an LOL just cause I sent her some shit. Okay. And see, like that's the other way is like, I would be using the ones where I get groans back. Like, uh, so this like is that's, a- that's the one. <laughs> Rod- Rodney Carrington would say that he would tell his wife jokes and the only ones that he used in his set. You're not going to put, put that in the set, are you? <laughs> exactly. Same yeah. idea. That's that's yeah. how my mind works, <laughs> that's too. That's yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, a uh, couple, actually, it's probably been 
a good 10 years ago, we had some friends that were starting to try to get into the local scene, a guy named William Bazaar. Oh, I know uh, Billy. That's Bizarre. Bizarre. You know Billy. Are you okay. kidding me? I'm just saying. <laughs> How uh, <bizarre. laughs> and then uh, there was a girl who's no longer with us, but her name was Kat, and she was military, mm, and she did, yeah. she did a couple of shows, but she had one that just like really bombed, and it really kind of got her down. Do you have any advice for someone mm. that oh, yeah. may be listening to this that's getting into up. comedy? Like, how, how do you overcome just a complete bust? Was, was Kat the one that worked at the motorcycle bar? Yep. Yep. Is that so? I actually performed on her tribute show. Wow! I, I had never met her, but they they asked me to do it. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. uh she passed away it Halloween. A, it was a motorcycle yep. wreck, right? Yep. I knew her brother. Yeah, on Highway Twenty. Yeah, hi- yeah. Highway Twenty. It was Halloween. I got that call when we yeah. were working at Kane's. Yeah, I remember that. That was a bad day. Yeah. But um, anyway, sorry not to bring that to bed. I know, so right? you performed well, at her. Well, dude, it was. I mean, it was a. I mean, the crowd was really fucking loud. I literally screamed my set at them. Wow. I mean, I was pretty new. I mean, that had to have been in 2015, right? You said something like that. It was 2015, yes. Yeah, so I'm like a fairly new comic, and I wasn't the first to go up. And it was just like, it was absolutely packed with bikers, like elbow to elbow. Yeah. And I just got it there. Were you guys out there in Coweta? No, we were at, um, it was like the Dirty Knuckle or whatever. Oh, so you were at 11th and uh, Sheridan. Sheridan, Yeah, Yeah, we performed at that bar. And I literally was like, these motherfuckers are going to hear me. (laughs) (laughs) I've done karaoke at that bar. It is loud. Oh, and her brother got up there and was like fighting back tears and was like, you guys are being really disrespectful by not letting these comics be heard. And Mm. I was like, I didn't even, I did not even know her, but I was like, fuck this. I just, I yelled my shit. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of piggyback on, on that conversation. Not, not the cat thing, but, um, whenever you do hit those, those walls where the audience is a pain in the ass, I've seen comics go off. Like that's a, not an uncommon thing. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, you know? Um, have you have you ever snapped like that and and actually been like, listen up, motherfucker? Yep. Like, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's happened. Like, yeah. like what what happens when you do though? Like, they're like, oh, cool, well, yeah, come on back. What brought you to that? <laughs> yeah. I want to know what brings yeah. you to what that. What was point? the antagonist doing to get you so far off your game that you felt like you had to stop what you were doing, address it, and put him in his place? Because at some point, I mean, it, that's part of you know the whole avenue of going out is a little bit of heckling a little bit of audience interaction like yep. where does where's the line? where do you draw the line yeah you, you got to take a left turn sometimes i mean if you just know it's it's not going well sometimes you just have to say fuck it and completely change your demeanor yep. and i i i can be super loud and i can be like super mousy i've done i've done both acts and i have both acts like in me to perform mm-hmm. wow. so i've done the kind of like quiet hey it's nice to be here you guys how's everybody doing and then you know and then i i have i've gone up there i've been like what's up motherfuckers like i was like known for that for a while yeah and Just now now i'm actually like a combination of the two where i'm kind of like i'll i'll do the joke at one pace but where i feel like it needs it like i'll fucking yell some shit i'll shake like do you feel like your acts represent part of your personalities like different like are you able to draw from parts of yourself that aren't normally exposed in your daily life yeah that's an awesome question i do i do feel like that i i am both of those people i do that's got to be really freeing to be like okay i i am introverted but i also have like this extroverted side let me like throw all of this out there and like leave the pieces where they may be yeah and i i think that like i am i'm I am more quiet, but I think I, I, you know, I played into it, but it's not, it's not the full spectrum of what I can do. It's almost like a band that like only does slow songs, but they could have rocking songs too. It's like, it'd be better if you guys just did it all. Right. You know, I like that. I like that. I I just like your overall approach, how you're willing to grow, read the crowd, adapt, you know, because in comedy, Say that again. <laughs> Curse them out. Curse them out. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. <laughs> sometimes there's nothing funnier than a big fuck you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just how do you see yourself getting back into it? Or do you think you're kind of more that network guy now? Man, I right before everything kind of shut down in March, I, I felt like I had had like the set of my life, which is it, I don't even think it's that surprising. Like it in the way that like. 
all comedians, like the longer they do it, you will get better. Like you put the hours into like anything. And I mm-hmm. just, I finally felt like, and tons of comics were in the room and saw it that had seen me tons of times. And they were like, dude, that was like, that was the set, you know? And, and some of it was like jokes I'd done before, but the delivery was so much better. That's sure. Excellent. Yeah. And like the, the confidence and like every, everything, it was like, I was finally, and then we had this whole, like the whole COVID thing. And I was like, fuck i just hope i can get back to that same same feeling that i had and get get back to that same place that i was in i'd had this a big run of shows and as i think my confidence was just like super high cool do you feel like you have any kind of support post-covid like in... or even post-covid yet well <laughs> i just mean like no we're not we're yeah. definitely not we're in the thick of it but like do you feel like people have kind of reached out for you like reached out to you to try and help or to be supportive during like these weird times that nobody knows like exactly how to be supportive like yeah people are wanting me to do stuff i've had like multiple offers to do to do shows i feel like as as a community we're more than just like just me or another guy or whatever. It's interesting how many names have come up in this interview, like mm-hmm. Billy Bazaar and mm-hmm. you know Jeremiah Walton and Drew Welcher, and it's a, it's this awesome community. And right now, the pulse of the community is to not to do shows. So I would be stepping out outside the family to mm-hmm. to do a show, and I'm just not doing that at this time until yeah. we all kind of collectively are like where it's all of my friends are like, right. let's, we're all, we're going to bring, do a bring all these show, show backs yeah. and boom, we're all the shows are back on. Are you continually working material even in this off time? Uh, working with it. Material. Material. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think my set will be totally different when we start back up as well. Probably like everybody's sure. I, I have a lot of jokes that are similar to like, you know, like a band. It's like, mm-hmm. they're probably never going to stop playing that song, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring back old stuff, but, um, it's your wonder wall. Yeah, it I, is. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Like, I, play it cert- again. <laughs> yeah, we know all the words. <laughs> there's you- certain jokes you remember where you were the first time you oh, told man. them, and it's just like when it hits, mm-hmm. you're like, "That was it." Yeah. Like, what is your favorite keeper. joke to tell? Like, what is the one that you're like, "All right, I'm starting to bomb. I'm gonna bring this one out. It's gonna it's gonna be a fucking." A home run, <laughs> like we're gonna knock it out of the park with this one. I have a, a pro wrestling joke that I that probably I wrote it over like the span of a year, and it's it's what it's one of my favorites, just because I I grew up a wrestling fan, and it just feels it's kind of one sure. of my definitive. Do you feel jokes, like sharing with us? Yeah, I could do it. Um, it's just a well, legitimately, like I. I went to local pro wrestling shows. I was yeah. like a big, mm-hmm. big fan. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the, the local ones Bill- are the best because they're the worst. Probably- Did you ever go to Compound? Yes, yes, so, I did. So there this- was a buddy of mine, uh, Matt, and then uh, God, what was the other guy? Sorry, name what's that Compound? Were Explain. It's for- it's just a <laughs> local like backyard kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this joke was written originally. It started at Compound, mm. so I'd gone there to a show and I sat next to this guy um, who was probably like the greatest heckler. Of like that I'd ever like been around just like listening to him throughout the show and uh, but then he start, kind of started freaking me out kind of scaring me a little bit uh, even during one of the matches he he'd yelled out he was like beat him to death at one of the wrestlers and I was like fuck dude like it was like all yeah, right yeah. should I leave and then I realized I was like oh he knows it's fake he just wants it to be real yeah you know it's kind of like my dating life <laughs> Savage. Like, That's like, fantastic. Well done. Like I want it to be real, but I usually just go home and put in a porno, yeah. and, and then I beat it to death. <laughs> That's fantastic. Give him the Charleston show. <laughs> Oh, that's excellent. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, so I have a buddy of mine named Tim Ward who uh, used to be a professional wrestler. He did the traveling local shows. He was known as The Shadow. And then there's another buddy that I graduated high school with. His name is Jason. I can't think of his last name right now. But he he's, uh, oh, Coach Blevins. I don't know if you've seen okay. him or not, but he's kind of like a manager type guy, and okay. he works with tag teams and stuff like that, and he's up there being a goofball. But anyways, those guys do stuff like that, and those wrestlers, they uh, they work hard, man. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah no, yeah. I'm, I'm not even joking. Yeah, I grew up watching it, like in the Hogan Warrior era. Right, and all that right. Shit, and the uh, Attitude Ultimate era. Warrior. 
That was my shit. To me, that was like my heyday for wrestling. Like, I can never get into the shit nowadays. But <laughs> yeah, I like, don't watch it anymore. You know, when you had the old school sting and everything, like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, when he was goth. Yeah. I, I, I started getting into it like maybe 2002, 2003. That so, like, that's John Cena. And yeah. Kurt Angle. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's still not bad. It's after 2008. Yeah, or we're just old people like that. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know the way that is. So let's get back to you. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you get out, you make the scene, you kind of get a name for yourself out there. Um, you, you get all these young, you know, comics obviously aspiring out, and, and you know, like, hey, you know, this guy's he's he's done it, he's made it, what have you. Um, what do you what what kind of advice do you normally give those guys? Because I'm sure you have the question, like, hey man, how can I get better? Like. You have obviously here's better delivery and stuff like that, but like, what what's the base level like the advice that every new comic needs to hear? Man, that's such a good question. I feel like I I give new comics so much that it like scares them. I think I'm a bad. <laughs> I think I'm a bad coach. Lines and you're like, oh yeah, were you listening to that? Sorry, my bad. Yeah, because I kind of I mean I feel like okay, I've, don't breathe. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know when I was when I was new, nobody poured all of that in into me you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i was just like i showed up with a script in my head and did and did my script but i always give them so much more like i kind of let them know how much the audience watches them and blah 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 you know and all, mm-hmm. all of the kind of all all of the nuts and bolts that they they don't need yet like they right. really just need to go up there and you know tell a few stories like and like yeah like i mean if you have a funny Say you have a funny story that happened to you at a grocery store. Try to condense it as much as you can so you're not going super, you know, mm-hmm. long-winded with it. And just try to go up there, do the grocery store bit. If you have a funny story about an ex, do the funny story about an ex. If you have a joke about a, a cereal, do that and then get off. You know, and then just try to remember, like, okay, I'm going to do the grocery, do the ex, and then Leave do the top. grocery store. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's all you really need to do. Once and again, then, And you'll do it better the next time. You know, if people people will give you little tips and stuff like in little mm-hmm. notes, like and just come back. Like it's the same thing. It's like if none of it went, if you didn't get any laughs, like either like do it in a different way or like just write something else. But keep coming back. Right. Like, what you'll, can you'll people, figure it out. What can people avoid on like an open mic night if that's their first time heading try, out with their notepad? I try to steer people away from doing the heavier like topics and stuff like, like i mean because politics people, and religion yeah because people see like dave Chappelle do it but it's like he has yeah but the, that's dave yeah, Chappelle. That's dave Chappelle. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. he can do whatever the that's fuck father he wants. dave excuse yeah. me yeah. he has to like clout real estate to be like yes. an authority on the topics he's talking about and if you get up there and you're like so i've been thinking about race relation and it's like dude no one here knows no. who the right. fuck you are yeah you know well, it, but you know dave Chappelle and uh, who was it? i think it was uh, joe rogan i was listening to talking about it he was like he was talking about the exact same thing he's like dave Chappelle has fuck you money you know at that point where you don't have to make your living anymore it doesn't matter what the do what you do you can just do whatever the fuck you want and it's you know you don't like it fuck you yeah right so like when you're in that aspect of it absolutely get away with it all day long um so when you're looking at those those politics and religion jokes i mean there are crowds that will react to those differently obviously you get into a biker bar you make a hillary joke you're probably going to get a pretty good reaction do you ever sink to those levels of like i'm, I'm gonna get onto oh, yeah. a religion one Depravity. oh yeah, do yeah. You ever, okay so like as a bartender sometimes i will see someone come in and i'll be like god damn it i've got to be fucking i'm gonna have to yeah. I, I gotta play this one. Yeah. I gotta play the role. I, I gotta Do you ever walk into a left. club and you're like, this goes against every fiber of my being, but mm. I'm gonna lean into all these jokes that I'm about to like. Right. I don't believe them, them, but I'm gonna tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Real, really, really not for me. I think just because of the way I, I, I got my start. Like I, I, I feel fortunate that I started off so self-deprecating. Like I feel like that's a good way for everybody to start. Like if They're you just make yourself jokes. the joke, yeah. like who's gonna hate on that? It's like at the end of the day, or at the end of the set, when you get off, they'll be like, "That took balls." They'll yeah, be like, right? "Shit, dude! All the shit he said about himself." Like, and they'll they'll probably be thinking, "Dude, you're not that bad." Like I had so many people. <laughs> as long as you don't get that reaction, it's like, <laughs> "Yep." Do you ever get like pity, pity lays after? Yeah, like, everybody just oh, stands there and stares at I've you. I've gotten like, the yeah, awes and stuff. I mean, that's <laughs> when you know that, like, after the joke and say the laughs, like, "Oh, <laughs> I've got, I've been there before." That's not great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think that's a good place for anybody to start, and you can grow from there. It's not like mm. everyone has to do that, but it's like it's like in basketball. If you want to play basketball, 
you know, learn how to pass, learn how to do a free throw, learn how to dribble, like do the basics first. Why are you trying to start at level 10? Why are you trying to jump from the free throw line? And so many people watch, you know, comedy done at the highest level and they try to immediately do that. Mm -hmm. But the way to get around that, to get accurately trained would be to go to an open mic and watch it not work. Watch people that aren't doing it. Watch them fail. Yeah, and then learn from that. How yeah. not to? If yeah. you come out and small beginnings. Yeah. If you come Build out and watch people bomb, you'll be like, "Hey, I'm not gonna do that." They're like, "Shit, that didn't work." <laughs> you or, know, comedy's probably not for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, comedy's not for that guy. Yeah. Right. But if you come around, like the secret to you actually doing it is to just keep coming to open mic because it'd be like the same thing as like showing up to a public pool like 10 weeks in a row like eventually even if you're scared of the water eventually you'll see somebody get in and you'll be like fuck if that guy can get in like i'll fucking right right right. you know i mean that's what builds your confidence is like seeing other people do it right so let's uh, and just you know we're we're coming up towards the end of things but um i want to talk about the mechanics of a good joke like yeah absolutely i also have one more question too yeah just hold the finger up keep thinking of it so the mechanics of a good joke, I always talk about there. There's one thing, once you spot it in comedy, you see it happen all the time. That's a throwback to an earlier joke. Like, it seems to oh, be the a callback. Re- yeah. The callback, yeah. Um, you see that being more and more and more, and that becomes kind of a cliche in itself. Um, and now every time I see it, I kind of resent it. I'm like, oh, really? that motherfucker did it again. Yeah. <laughs> They'll use it like four times in a show, and you're like, yeah, we got it, man. You know, and that's only because I recognize that cliche. You being actually in there seeing those, you know, mechanical pieces of it and, and like understanding the delivery and the, and, you know, the deeper aspects of building a joke and building a routine. Are there any uh, pet peeves you have with other comedians like that where you're like, dude, like, really? You did it again? Like, you know, any, are, are there pet peeves you mm. see or anything like that? Mm. No, he minds his own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's like, Sorry, that's your chatter. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try to not. I try to not be like super critical like that. I mean, I, I really respect you know people getting up there and stuff like that. I think. I mean, like anybody else here, going to think that some like topics themselves are like uh, it's like a little bit hacky. You know, that mm-hmm. that kind of thing, or it's like, it's too easy or whatever, or it's lazy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I'm, right. I'm not the critic in the crowd. Like, I'm I'm rarely ever that person, really. I'm, I'm more of the supportive, like, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've That's been my following as long as, it, as long as I they like get that. a laugh. I want to say this. I've been following him for maybe, like, a couple months, Stuck. and every single, like, all of his comments are always supportive. They're always, like, likes or loves or, like, every single thing. And I've, like, even so noticed with my own stuff, there'll be, like, five people that react to one thing. But right. he's he's a love on every single thing. <laughs> sure. like, he's always supportive. And I'm like, he's yes, that's a cheerleader. <laughs> right. So well, you had your question? Yes, I do. Oh, yes. I want to know, do clubs ever fall through on, like, what they promise you or the type of sets that they they're like hey, hey listen we've got this we big ten crowd minutes, but you need a half hour now yeah yeah well what i've really uh seen from being it from being in comedy that like even if you live in ohio or indiana or it's an entire network like all these comics like i could look up like any comic anywhere and i'll have like 35 mutual friends with them it's it's like and if one of them in ohio like calls out they're like you know bananas comedy club fucked me over tonight and blah blah and details what it is that shit will get shared around it goes through the whole network like it's really a book there yeah there there's a you they'll get blacklisted by, oh. by a lot of people is that reverse like with a comedian too like is there ever a club that's like man hey, this, this guy just fuck him he said he was gonna be here at this time he didn't show up all of his shit was like he was just sloppy. Like. I'm sure there is, but I'm sure it's on the other side of yeah, that. Yeah, but there's such a hierarchy. It's so hard to, to move up the ladder that usually by the time you get there. So it would almost be like, well, does a lawyer in court ever like, you know, like lose his shit and start throwing stuff? It's like you usually doesn't happen because it took it was so hard for them mm. to get up to where they got that by yeah. the time they're there. And that's how they the want to hold on. There's like ultra professionalism. Yeah. I've worked with comics that like they barely say anything to me and it's not that they're like assholes they're just like they're there it's like a hundred percent business it's business it's business yeah and that's that's a really great point i'm glad you brought that up because it kind of polices itself 
whenever you mm-hmm. have self-checking yeah whenever you have the checks and balances with all these people networking you guys hold a standard and like you said with the Tulsa community between Jeremiah Drew the other people that you mentioned Billy um, you guys have decided in this time as a group that you're not going to perform you're waiting for that one and so it's a collective mind with a vision and you guys are all heading in the same direction whether you agree with it or not it's a collective absolutely and so being selfless in that allows you to hold that standard higher because it's no longer about you it's about what's best for us that's beautiful mm-hmm. I, I don't even think i don't even want to add that i don't think i could say that better perfect. <laughs> perfect. Appreciate perfect. That. he's Thank got you. some practice it's good <laughs> I, I saw you writing what you got over there girl okay so <laughs> Another two things popped into my head <laughs> like, because I left and right ball. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I want to know, um, like on a small scale, local, like local level, have you had anybody that's like been involved in the Me Too movement or anything like that? Like, mm. I mean, has that like popped up at all? Yeah, the there's the scene. There's been a few like canceled comics like in my time that I've that I've been in the scene that have been like called out through Facebook and Mm. other there was one that was like really bad like I didn't have any real affiliation with them but he even like made threats and was doing creepy stuff like taking pictures at shows where people people unauthorized pictures you know just like take a picture of a girl over there or whatever just get creepy shit you know and some some other (laughs) show like adding them and messaging you know just weird Mm -hmm. you know and there's like yeah, there's people like dick pic guys and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll Brett Favre. Mm. Yeah, Famous I mean, dick pic. or yeah. Anthony Weiner. How can we not forget that guy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of figure out like who is who, and apparently, like from what I've seen, it's like the character that you have like that that mm-hmm. I described. It's like there's one of them in every scene. Yep. It, sure. it, it, it fucking yeah. sucks, and, yep. and everybody knows who it is. In right. Every God cafeteria it, lounge. Yeah. yeah, Kyle's and Karen's everywhere you go. They're sitting at that table. Take your monster and go sit down, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> the only other note I kind of had on here was about females in the industry, but mm. I, I know that you said that you kind of like started out following females and you got inspired by females. N- not in the Kyle way, but yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you still, I mean, what's the ratio there? Because, I like, me as a female, I don't feel like I can make the same jokes that a male can make. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a little bit of a bias on some things. So I agree. Uh, and I, I think that's bullshit. I mean, it, it, it's it's lame that a guy could talk about his dick for his entire fucking set. Right. And then a woman mentions, like, any, you know, anything about her body. And then that, that and I'd love to like, hear you talk eh. about your dick. <laughs> well, he's at home right oh. now. <laughs> and there are way more uh, men, you know, in the Tulsa scene than there are uh, women doing comedy. And every time there's a new one, we need to, like, encourage them and, and book them. I book women on all my shows. I try to have it, like, 50-50 or more women Very cool. if I can. And every time we lose one, it's like, it's a big – it's, like, a huge a hole. Shot. And if, what a guy, you, if a guy moves, you, it's like, like – All right. Like, what words would you say to any woman out there that's like, hey, I think I might be able to go and do this, but at the same time, like, please, it's my so, boyfriend says my jokes. Oh, my God. Funny. Your voice is so important. It's so important. I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, we we need that. Like, we we need everybody wants funny women. Like, seriously, like if you if you went to an open I feel mic, like they're like wrong. gems. <laughs> Angela Johnson mm-hmm. is one of my favorite comedians, and she used to be an Oakland Raider cheerleader. Yep. She's hilarious. If you've never heard her, look her up. She's yeah. great. Um, there's several of them that are out there right now in mainstream comedy that oh, yeah. are all it, over the place. Whitney, Whitney Cummings. Yeah, Nikki uh, I follow her. Nikki, Nikki Glazer. Glazer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's the blonde that's always talking about raunchy stuff? There's a lot of those. Uh, Amy Schumer. I don't like Amy her Schumer. at all. Amy Schumer, a lot of people uh, gave a like lot her. of hate to for a while because like, she was stealing jokes or something. Is that what was going on, I think? Well, I think, I mean, she... The comedy community never, never canceled her though. Even yeah, though yeah. there was a lot of fan, there's a lot of dudes on the internet calling for that cancellation, yeah. but it didn't happen because she busted her ass to get where she got, and she's highly respected. Sure, with within the community. Yeah, I mean, at least, but I mean, not by everyone, but I mean, there's always going to mm-hmm. be people. I mean, that's what uh, you know. One story that I have is there was a, a comic that uh, that worked the Looney Bin, and uh, I hung out with him after the show. I took him to the Merc. And um, 
he was talking to the show, uh, talking in the car, sorry, about, you know, one of his dreams was, like, get a late night set on Conan. Sure. And he ended up getting it, like... No shit. Like, 10 months later, a year later, you know, we are friends on Hell Facebook, yeah. and I saw him get that set. And reading the YouTube comments, it's like, people are like, oh, this no, dude's not funny or whatever. And it's yeah. like, dude, it took him it took him to 9 to 10 years to get that set of, like, hard yeah. fucking work, touring the country, working on those shows. Oh, yeah. And someone's really going to sit in the, the comments and just be like, oh, this I guy's I know, that's not, not fair of me, just and because it, yeah. she's not my, like, flavor of tea to be like, she's fucking trash. <laughs> like, even well, though yeah. she built her whole life trying to do it. I just, do I, I have my it? own reasons for not okay. liking Amy Schumer, and that's fine. But, like, I can't appreciate the fact that somebody works their yeah. ass off, and they try and try and try and try. Well, it's like that, and then I think what? Who was it? Carlos Mencia that also got. I think Joe Rogan's the one that did that one. Yeah, and, and people stage. wanted Rogan to yeah. do Amy, and he wouldn't do it because she, you know, she came up performing in sports bars and yeah. stuff like that, and she had, she she wasn't just like handed comedy, mm. just like oh you're you're rich, here's you know now you're right, the biggest right, stand right. up in the country. No, she it's worked like she for worked, it, I'm sure. She worked her way up the ladder. Yeah, but I think yeah. with Rogan, he's one of those guys that because he is a comedian, like if. If it's blatantly stealing jokes, he's you're out. <laughs> he's not. He's not a fan. Mm. You know. So I I get that. You know, if you had a comedian stealing your jokes, you probably wouldn't wish him well either. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just I I haven't heard. I I actually don't watch or listen to as as much stand up as a lot of the people that I talk sure. to. For for whatever reason, I've always been more of like a a music guy. I love mm-hmm. stand up, but I I'm, I prefer it live. So I really sure. don't watch a lot of the specials and stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, it makes sense. So. Um, Sweet, yeah. yeah. So we're we're coming up towards the end. Um, do we want to do another one? Or we want to do. Uh, where are you guys at on this one? Let's decide after the break. Sounds like a plan. All right. So with that in mind, we always do a final thoughts uh, just in case. So final thoughts, pretty straightforward, is uh, what you want to leave people with on this one. Uh, mine, I'm going to start with. You know, definitely thanks for coming out. It's fantastic. Um, I think that you've kind of lifted the veil a little bit for a lot of people that may not know. You know what it actually takes and, and everything that goes with it. Um, and you know, I'll kind of echo her. Uh, you know, you seem like a very positive person. I think we need more of those in the world. So definitely going to start with that. Um, and then my final thoughts on the episode here, um, you know, I think more people should try getting into comedy because there's a lot of funny people who don't have the confidence and like, I think they should get out there. Um, and if you ever thought you might want to do it, I think you should just try it once, try it twice. Maybe you'll get addicted to it. Who knows? Um, that's my final I mean, that thoughts. was my philosophy on sex. So lies. <laughs> I have terrible comments for that. <laughs> I was there for that stage. Thank you. Moving on. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so I would like to end with a joke. Oh, shit. It's going to be terrible. I apologize. <laughs> so a rabbit, a priest, and a preacher walk into a bar. <laughs> and the bartender goes, it must have been a misspelled. <laughs> a rabbit. I get it. That's terrible. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, shit. I'm not funny. <laughs> I think you're funny. Evan, thank you so much for coming out, man. Thanks for having All me right. on, man. It, yep. it, was, it was really cool to get to talk to you. Um, and the fact that you know some of those guys and you were kind of coming into the scene as I was kind of walking away from it. Not that I was in on it or anything. I'd just go support them and listen to them. That's just kind of really cool that our paths almost crossed. Almost did. That's crazy. <laughs> that is and cool. now they have. So <laughs> That's what's keep up. doing what you do, man. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, Evan, I want to say the same. Thank you so much for traveling out here and for, you know, letting, being open to us, reaching out to you and, you know, sharing your experiences and your knowledge with us. Like, we're very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me, like all of you guys. And I just want to encourage anybody that's listening that's like kind of on the fence or has ever had a thought about trying stand-up to just go ahead and try it. Um, I've had so many people that talk to me about it as if they – they worry that they'd be like somehow like disrespecting the art form or that they would almost like what's like, a good place to go and try i mean like i know that there's a lot of places that do open mic nights but like what if you're like this place has a really great crowd they have a great like the bartenders are always so supportive like the staff is wonderful like well the right right now there is an open mic that that happens at, at reds it used to be woody's downtown okay yeah uh, right that's there a, on the corner of like Elgin and Detroit or something. Second in Detroit. Second in Detroit. Okay. Yeah, you can. It's the open mic is still going on. You could show up to that on Tuesday night and try it out. 
Um, there's going to be more open mics. Like the first shop one will come back on Monday nights, you know, eventually once all the COVID stuff, but just give it a try. You know, I mean, it's, I, I think that, um, even if you, even if you showed up and you were just like, I'm just going to try stand up comedy, you probably couldn't do the worst set that that venue has had even if you tried even if you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna set a record for worse set it probably just randomly wouldn't be the worst one and it doesn't matter like it's like no it doesn't matter if it doesn't go well in fact it needs to not go well like you have to bomb everybody bombs so it's like this podcast every you have to (laughs) you have to bomb in like anything you do if you want to do woodworking if you want to anything you do yeah Henry, henry ford's got a quote that says um Failure is just an opportunity to start over again with more knowledge. Mm-hmm. Let's end on that because I like that, and I had a Ford Focus for years. Hey. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeehaw. <laughs>